In a world full of distractions, there is one big question on every dog owner's lips. How do I become more than just the person holding the other end of the leash? We all get dogs with a dream in mind, a vision of the future. And if right now your everyday reality isn't quite that picture you had in mind, you are in the right place. It really doesn't have to be this way. You absolutely can and will be more to your dog than just the person who gets in between them and the world. The key is you need to be more sexy. More sexy than the neighbourhood cat. More sexy than the jogger in the park. More sexy than that half-eaten hamburger they just found on the floor. And yes, even more sexy than the dog across the road. I'm Tom. And I'm Lauren. Together Together we are Absolute Absolute Dogs. Dogs. And you're listening to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of Sexier Than a Squirrel, the podcast that teaches you how to become sexier than the squirrel to your dog. Now, today is a big one, right, Tom? Mm -hmm. Because recall is just one of those areas that people don't just struggle with. Mm -hmm. They actually get themselves pretty stressed or, let's say, stretched Mm -hmm. in this area. And actually, it's a reason for many dogs to have zero freedom at all. Yeah, And in fact, it's, it's kind of like the... It's almost like something that is the bottleneck in a lot of people's relationships, a lot of people's kind of time that they want to spend with their dogs. And if we're thinking that like every interaction that we have with our dog could be a relationship investment or a relationship withdrawal, one of the most common interactions that we might have with them is, hey, can you come over here? And if they say no, well, that's that's a bit of a limiter on a relationship. <laughs> now, now, let's strip it right back to actually what is a recall or what's it actually about. And I know that when we've been training dogs in person here at the site mm-hmm. and working with dogs together, one of the biggest things we see people struggle with is just having general close proximity from mm-hmm. their dogs. Actually, yeah. proximity is kind of the root and the foundation of, of all of this. And, mm-hmm. and actually, it's kind of where the pain point starts. Yeah, absolutely. And so, the, the way that, you know, you can think about a recall in a couple of different ways. and But the, the main thing that you want to think is that if you needed to get your dog back, you could get them back. And that's not to say that actually you need to ever get them back. Because one of the things that, that, that a recall is based on and like what is it like a foundation for us is actually proximity. So do they desire being close? Do they love being close? Do they have value for being close? And if, if so, then are they hanging around? Because if they're hanging around, then actually it kind of totally gets rid of the need for a recall. And then if you do need to recall them, how about the recall is just an invitation to come to this like super cool place, which is proximity. Now, I know that um, recently we were working with a very naughty monkey Labrador called Monty, right? Mm. And the more I worked with Monty, the more I realized that actually it wasn't really recall that was the struggle. It was proximity because Mm. if I was recalling him, that was normally because he had gone at a great distance. And ultimately what we were looking for was close proximity and hanging out in, in proximity zone. And just to give an example of the pain points that Monty's owner was going through was uh, embarrassment, disappointment, all of the reasons that she got her dog in the first place. She is a lovely owner, an exceptional owner, in fact. And all of the reasons that she got him in the first place to have stress-free walks, to have um, strolls along the beach, to be able Mm -hmm. to go out with her friends, maybe take a coffee, uh, enjoy the finer moments in life, actually have a a bit of a a, a breath, really, be able to walk and, and take a breath. All of those moments were taken away 
with just having no recall. Like that yeah. was the pain point. Like yeah. actually it became quite painful for her. And so if we were to think about, you know, if we say that proximity, and this is kind of our first little like um, uh, takeaway from this podcast today. If we say that proximity is absolutely fundamental to a great recall, well, how do you build proximity? Well, there are kind of a few different elements to this. The first one is value. Like where is your dog getting their value in the world? And for sure, the world and the environment, it has a lot of value that it can give your dog, right? It can give your dog great games of chase. It can give your dog great scents and hunting and, and whatever else. And actually what you've got to think is, well, what value do you have a level of influence over? And for sure, it's going to be their daily food allowance. It's going to be how they spend their energy. It's going to be, you know, discovering what they love doing. Like if they love doing chase, how can we incorporate chase into our interactions with our dogs? That is going to boost the value value of proximity right and straight away with 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 monty we saw that proximity was kind of like if there was anything else around and and, and you guys listening might recognize this dogs people mm-hmm. picnics noises children like all of those things would diminish any proximity yeah. that he had with us and actually um encourage him to to go further and further and mm-hmm. further so proximity was number one and proximity i mean we like to think of proximity as power or potential power let's mm-hmm. say actually that was our number one area to work and so number one we delivered all all of his food in close proximity so there yeah. was no like you going over there or no you having a bowl in the corner over there it was all gl- delivered close yeah. right that, that was really important and then the second way that we can boost proximity is going to actually be variety so the one of the reasons why our dogs love the environment is actually because there are so many different things they can let's, do out let's there think the squirrel right like yeah. the squirrel he is so sexy yeah like and he really is he might dart one way he might dart the other he way he swishes his tail yeah, absolutely he might give a cheeky grin i don't know i don't know if he does that but maybe he does uh, and so you know he's got a lot of tools in his armory that he can use and often as dog owners we get a little bit kind of limited to one tool which is delivering a piece of food to the mouth and then we're surprised when the squirrel has like his full like armory of super cool moves that he can do and he's out like jumping he jumps from tree to tree he sort of darts under something he appears at random or when you least expect him or when you least want him and so um incorporating understanding that first of all it's about value and building that value and secondly that there needs to be variety in the value if you you know if you have a friend and you always have the same conversation with that friend where they just forget that they've told you a story and you hear the same story over and over again. Do you want to spend time with that friend? Do you find yourself looking forward to that interaction? Well, no, because you know the story, right? And, and none of us, <laughs> let's, let's be honest, nobody wants to be bored right like nobody wants to like variety is important in all of our lives like whether that's in i mean i for example i have a a salad i really love i ate it for about 10 days in a row a few weeks ago i don't want that salad anymore Mm. tom like i'm done with it and yet it's a salad i really liked i just gave myself too much of it and there is sometimes there is too much of a good thing in that right like absolutely the, the variety so let's be practical with everybody when we think about variety and exactly how we can reinforce let's think about we could play maybe a little bit of thunder so the mm-hmm. food could go through our legs we could maybe do a little bit of leg weave we could mm-hmm. do a bit of magic hand and catching some of the games that we play in the training academy yeah. so those types of games and even down to actually 
there there are multiple ways to deliver one piece of food. Like, I think as humans, we get a little bit obsessed with the object. Like, oh, it's a piece of food. The only way that we can add variety to this piece of food is the taste or how hungry our dog is. Actually, a lot of the time, our dogs are not that hungry and that's totally fine. And it's about that they're, they're there for the experience, not because we're delivering something that is like satisfying one and of their needs, I which remember, is a bit depressing. I, I do remember being at a restaurant a good few years ago now, probably way before before I could appreciate it. And it was like a fine dining restaurant abroad. And I remember thinking, what is this about? Like these tiny little morsels of food that are in this different sort of layout. And actually now when I look back on it, it was one of those fine dining moments that you're supposed to appreciate. And, and yet at the same time, um, like for, for me, that's kind of the, the experience you're looking to deliver with your dog. It's it's that like this, this experience, that experience. I didn't really understand at the time quite how relevant it was, yeah. but I loved even just the layout or the look or the variety or the fact that you had so many different ones. Mm. Like those were all cool, even, even though I, I did feel like we needed more food. <laughs> Either way, you know what? The fine dining experience is what we're looking at with our dogs, yeah. right? versus mcdonald's absolutely and so the the final kind of piece of this proximity puzzle has got to be that in all sure we're building value and we're building the positives and we're paying the positives into that proximity bank account but then we have to be careful not to make withdrawals that are unnecessary so for example some dogs learn very quickly that coming in close means that they get put back on lead and another <laughs> one that so many dogs learn and and um I definitely have seen this uh, with dogs that we've had at the training center is coming back in means you need to get in the car. Mm -hmm. And a lot of dogs who don't like the vehicle find that a uh, relationship yeah. withdrawal because actually, especially the young dogs who, or the dogs who are like motion sick or mm -hmm. um, not enjoying the experience of being in a vehicle or just actually don't want to be crated or haven't had the value put into a crate or mm -hmm. into safe travel. And we definitely do uh, suggest dogs travel safely. And yet so many dogs haven't had that conditioning. It's a relationship withdrawal. The dog yeah. comes back, they get put on the lead and they get put into motion yep. which is something they don't enjoy yeah or, or even down to something as subtle as actually some dogs don't like to be reached don't like to be kind of reached towards and get hold of their collar or their harness or whatever or some dogs and don't like to be picked up they don't like to be picked up and so um our little tip for this side of things and building proximity is actually let's teach a behavior or a game you could however you want to call it where actually our dogs come in close we can clip them on lead and we're not having to handle them and make it a bad deal and of course that game that we like to play is one called middle and that's where we get our dogs to come between come around our legs between our legs and they either you know if they're if they're not too big then they can stand and if they are a bit big then you know what they can do that and go into a down and um, any this is possible with any size dog we've seen the videos this is possible and, dogs and then, all over the world we're talking like I mean what were we training the other day a beautiful Newfoundland yeah so we've had Just, Newfoundlands down to Chihuahuas. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know what? A Newfoundland can go into middle, but they just have to go do a down at the same time. And then all we're doing is we're literally clipping their lead while maybe we're just dropping some food on the floor so that it's it's like a non-event and it's not punishing and it's not a bad deal for them. And often we take it for granted that our dogs should come hardwired to know that they walk on a lead, how to walk on a lead, and um, that actually they're meant to wear this thing around their neck that we call a collar. Actually, none of that is hardwired. None of that is like a given and we, we should grow them and inspire them. Otherwise, when we think we're rewarding our dogs, 
we could actually be making it a really bad deal. So they're kind of our top three and tips for proximity. Just, just to add to that one really quickly, the other one I was thinking, Tom, there is actually when I'm walking, one thing I try really hard not to do is pair those two events yeah. um, closely. So if I'm going to put a dog into the vehicle that doesn't necessarily like being in the vehicle at the moment, whilst I'm working on the vehicle, uh, gaining some sort of confidence and strength, I'll also pop them on lead somewhere separate. So I don't make mm -hmm. the vehicle the place of um, popping them on lead. Or say, for example, the dog doesn't like to be handled and, 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 and grabbed they might trail a long yeah. line for a little bit or I might put them on put them off put them on put them off so it's not like a yeah. predictable schedule of this is how it goes and they don't pair that moment yeah absolutely so uh, th this story kind of sums up just how smart dogs are I once had a behavior consult where the lady was like, I don't understand it every time and I can do different routes but every time I've decided and I know that we're going to go, that we're going home. No matter the route that I take, my dog runs away and I cannot get them back. And yet they're really close to me up until this point And I don't understand it. I was like, well, you know, what, what do you do leading up to that? And she says, well, you know, my husband drops me off. And when it comes to me being ready to come home, you know, I've done my route and I, I vary it. Don't you worry. I vary this route. When I come to need to be picked up, I give him a call to let him know where I am. So the dogs are just brilliant, aren't they? I mean, it's so... And it seems so obvious when you listen and at the same time I we think probably all do these things that actually our dogs are very good studies of that it, as simple as just literally taking your lead over your shoulders yeah. so if you have your lead around I often walk with a lead like around my neck and mm. I'll take the lead over my shoulders my dogs know that that probably means something so yeah. sometimes taking that lead over and putting it back yeah. or taking that lead over putting them on lead letting them off lead and then putting it back on your neck like not making it so this is exactly how it goes like ditch the routine on a on a major scale yeah absolutely so proximity is kind of this first foundation that we've got to think about and we've got to grow and we've got to build. And then the, the second kind of foundation that we've got to think about and we've got to grow, actually with a recall, it sounds crazy, but it's got to be some level of calmness, right? Yeah. they we And for us, it's like a foundation layer of having a dog who's in the right headspace, yeah. who's in the right place to be able to learn. It's like sometimes people will say to us, oh, you know, we, we, we the thing that we need to work on is a recall. And then in talking to them, we discover that actually the problem started before they've even left the house because they've got the they've got their walking boots on, they've got their training jacket dogs on, their running walking around jacket doing on, zoomies. and the dog's like barking and jumping at them and I think that dog probably wouldn't be able to do a sit or a down or it's like the lights are on but no one's home because they're so excited about and this walk. I think walk. then we go out expecting them to be able to deal with that sexy squirrel and everything yeah. else that's out and about there and yet they actually couldn't even get to the doorway without salivating, barking, yapping, jumping, nipping, spinning, circling and all of those things are, are kind of um, there in place and let's, let's be honest the recall is really the more we reframe it and think about it the recall really is only proximity. Yeah and calmness yeah. like those are very very simple if we have proximity and calmness then really we would never need you to probably be don't even need to ever them, tell right? your dog to do anything no. if no. you've got those two things right so it's really exciting that we can inspire these things that are sure they're going to help our dog to listen but actually it also takes away the need for our dog to listen because they're behaving entirely appropriately so in terms of how we build calmness first step that we think about is we'd get rid of the predictability around a walk like the one of the the biggest kind of enemies of calmness is anticipation in fact <laughs> i've got a brilliant example of this earlier tom um matt and i were out walking we hopped up onto the moors and um we got there it was actually really busy mm. and there were many campers there and there were it was just chaos and we kind of looked at each other and we went actually we might just come home and walk mm. in the fields because it's calmer here mm. and 
it was one of those moments of predictability. The dogs had got in the car. We hop up to the moors. Their expectation is we get to the moors and we let them out and mm. we all go for a big long hike and run. Mm. What we did was we got to the moors. We sat there for 10 minutes. We chatted for a bit and then we went back home and let them out at home. Yeah. <laughs> like it's actually those moments of ditching the routine mm. within um, our walk framework, yeah. right? And in fact, if every time you go for a walk, very exciting things happen or even mildly exciting things happen then it's in the dog's interests as as like an animal of efficiency to prepare themselves for that excitement and to anticipate it it's like you know you you never go to a nightclub and have a nap or in right? your pajamas or in your pajamas <laughs> and so you go into the nightclub in a very different headspace than if you say go to the spa where typically you don't do anything you don't have access to your phone and so in the spa environment yeah you can be calm and you can be thoughtful and mindful and whatever else and actually um a, i can't a imagine being in a nightclub being like yeah. showing gratitude and, <laughs> and and making great like meditation moments no. and it's just it's just the wrong it's 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 not conducive to it and right the, the environment's not set up for exactly. it exactly and the headspace is set before you enter the environment based on past experience so that's kind of our second like overall concept that we need to think about in growing the recall and yet still we've not actually talked about training a recall cool mm, and, and and i think let's think really quickly on calm there tom like just if we do a quick like mm. tips tennis on calm let's think number one is actually how are they living 24 mm -hmm. 7 because really the walk is only such a fine sort of small like tiny 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 hello you and um, uh, it's a tiny part of them um, of that re like mm. that, that moment isn't it it's not yeah. a long part of the um it, it's the walk's tiny it's minute yeah. and actually living with that dog 24 7 what are they doing 24 7 like what's happening 24 7 and then thinking then if we're going for a walk well let's actually do calm things and calm things might look like sitting on a bench on lead calmly feeding your dog have you ever been for a walk and giving your dog like a long-lasting chew no because it kind of goes against what we think a or walk is right have, have you ever been for your walk and actually like you said not got out mm -hmm. and actually stayed there written your emails maybe and then driven back home again yeah. not actually doing the thing that is expected i've done that so many times with the hydro pool we used to use because we were having issues that we got to hydro pool and the dogs were in a mess before they even got there and then i thought well actually is this even is this productive is this what i'm looking for no i'm looking for like mental health and fitness here for dogs like that their stamina is good mm -hmm. fitness and, and that they're in a good headspace this is not good if they're salivating and screaming before they even get in the doorway and then the the kind of final piece of this calmness puzzle has got to be actually well to a certain extent, a walk will be exciting. And if we have walks every day, day in, day out, that excitement only builds and our dogs never get time to calm down. So actually, let's ditch the walks some days. Let's not even go for a walk so that they have that opportunity to actually come back down to a calm and state before the next one. Actually, as an owner, giving yourself that permission that today is not the day I go for a long mm -hmm. hike is a really... It, I think is a, a gift for an owner. Mm. And the other thing I think it really serves well for is like, there's there's going to be a day that your dog's lame. There's going to be a day that your dog's a little bit stiff or sore or that you're a little bit lame and stiff or sore. You know what? Those days you actually have permission to do something else with your dog. That doesn't mean they don't get some sort of physical or mental well-being training, whether that's games from the training academy or the squirrel challenge or mm. something that you're doing with your dog. At the same time, that doesn't mean they have to go out on a proper hike. You don't have to get your boots on and your backpack on and get them out hiking three times a day that i i love that we've reframed what a walk means mm -hmm. absolutely and then the final piece of this puzzle i guess is actually training and inspiring this recall and so one of the kind of key elements to that is we we play a game and that game 
a lot of people see as like a strict exercise, but it really is a game that inspires a recall. And that is a retrieve, right? A retrieve is so powerful because any dog who brings something back is a dog who's actively mm-hmm. um, interacting with recall. So they're actively prompting recall yeah. and it's a relationship boost and it's a it's a moment for good rehearsal. And I think that's just to touch on that. That's the point that we should make is that let's limit poor rehearsal and let's encourage good rehearsal and retrieve is really good rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Ping out, come back, ping out, yeah. come back. Like it literally, it's a lots and lots of research sets for for retrieving and coming back to our close proximity it's saying go interact with the world and then come back to me and And i am part of this game right and so even if your dog doesn't like um toys or doesn't really interact with toys you can absolutely train a retrieve and you know what you can go out and practice practice a retrieve right now by quite simply throwing a piece of food out there your dog comes back to you, you reward them in hand and you throw another piece of food out there. They're ping-ponging between the environment and you. And so you're building a recall, you're building a retrieve, you're building value in proximity, you're building calmness. And what you find is that you enter this cycle where instead of it being a vicious cycle of deterioration, you're actually in like a positive spin cycle at this point. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing with that is it's all doable in the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're rehearsing good um, experience and, and you're limiting bad experience and you're limiting what you don't want. And I think that's that's one point I'd love to everyone to leave on, I suppose, is knowing that don't rush to put your dog out in the big wide world making poor choices. Actually, the thing we want to do is rehearse and frame all of those good choices. And I think that's the thing we see so often with, God, so I don't want to go into socialization, but but people socializing their dogs so much and so early is that actually they practice very early on running off, interacting with the world way more than they interact with what's close. Let's teach retrieve. Let's teach brilliant proximity. Let's have a framework of calmness. Let's keep all of those things sort of um, well rehearsed and not what we don't want. It's like they say, you know, abs are made in the kitchen. A great recall is made at home, not on the walk. Now, um, one of the biggest things that we get asked is, well, you know, is there a step-by-step of how I can build this like proximity, this calmness, this engagement, this recall, this retreat. And so um, after a lot of demand, we actually put something together. It's called the Sexier Than a Squirrel Challenge, a 25-day worldwide Sexier Than a Squirrel Challenge. And as a podcast listener, you can actually get over 70% discount on this 25-day program where it's a game a day for 25 days to take you from where you are right now to that day that you are sexier than a squirrel. And the way that you can get involved in that is by going to absolutedogs.me forward slash sexy that's absolute dogs dot me forward slash sexy and yeah we'd be excited to share with you the games to grow this in the challenge i think the exciting thing with the challenge and the games is that everybody can access it at a way that or in a way that you can do it in a small space in yeah. your living room i think this is the big thing and i think this is the i suppose it's dispelling the myth that a recall is like i don't know when i was growing up some of the trainers when i was growing up it was like very much like dog out there comes back gets fed and that was the that was the only yeah. thing we really need to a do bad deal if and, you think about it and, right? and it also set the dog up to be away yeah so you have to let the dog be away to be able to bring them all yeah. that way back and and for me it was a lot of punishment involved and there was a lot of um setting them up to fail mm-hmm. uh, in in the framework what i love about the challenge and what i love about what we get to do now is that it's all around games it's inspired mm-hmm. with games it's, it's inspired with energy and there's a lot of creativity there because we have at the end of the day let's say creative dogs right like we have many creative dogs the cool thing is is that often people will have you believe that your breed of dog 
can't be trained. Let's or say huskies has, or malamutes yeah, or, or let's Jack say Russell terriers Beagle. or yeah, whatever it might be. And the you know the crazy thing is, is these people will have you believe this, but we know it to not be the case because over twenty thousand people have been through the sexier than a squirrel and, challenge. And Tom said twenty thousand people. That's all how different many breeds, all different ages. Had huge success with it, like yeah. huge success. And and we've had anything from Newfoundlands to dog mm-hmm. de Bordeaux to um, I mean, really every breed, Romanian street dogs, everything. Ev- literally everything. And people are seeing success after success. So if you want to get involved in that, it's absolutedogs.me forward slash sexy. We'd love to share with you on that one. And the key here is, guys, that we what we want to really stress in this episode of the podcast is that a great recall is built on a foundation of loving being close. It's built on a foundation of calmness. The rest is just the icing on the cake. The rest is the easy and bit. It's built on that foundation of actually it's a good deal for your dog to be close, yeah. right? Like making it a good deal. They should be it, punching you in the face saying, let me it's recall. It's an easy choice, right? Yeah. Like it's an easy choice. It shouldn't be a difficult choice for your dog to be close. Your dog should actively know that being close is the best place to be. So that was this episode of the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. It was all about recall and there's a lot of actionable tips for you to go away and and play around with there. And what we'd say is that actually just invest some of that daily food allowance in what we've talked about. See what happens, you know, discover the results for yourself. Ditch the bowl, right? Ditch the routine, have a lot of fun with it. Keep rewarding proximity, like Mm -hmm. keep actioning close proximity. It's totally within your control. Rip the labels that other people have put on your dog, off your dog. That was this episode of the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. And remember, stay stay sexy. Hey, before you go, have you taken part in the worldwide Sexier Than a Squirrel Challenge? It's a 25-day online video program, huge energy, amazing community, and over 6,000 people are already taking part. The only question is, you know where you are today, where do you want to be 25 days from now? Head to absolutedogs.me forward slash sexy. 